Yo and hello my friends and welcome back to another episode of the League of Fantasy Legends podcast. I'm so sorry we didn't get an episode out last week. Well, we're going to change to a very slightly different schedule where we're now going to release an episode every other week until we get into the summer split. I needed a little bit of a break, a little bit of a recharge after what was a really fun but really long spring split. I'm your host, Chris Pistons Wish Benedict, and we've got another really fun episode for you today. We're going to recap what was an awesome spring split. We've got some good stuff for you. We're going to hand out some fantasy awards. We're going to include a fantasy MVP, a fantasy least valuable player. We're going to hand out first team awards. We're going to hand out a performance of the year award. We're also just going to go through the uh, the fantasy rankings for the split, see if there's anything that uh, that really stands out to us that was really interesting. Players that maybe were higher than you'd think, that were lower than you'd think. So we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to get right into it. Before we do, we're going to hit on a question of the day, which is essentially going to be the same for the next couple episodes. We're going to recap the week of playoffs and see what fantasy implications we can take from it. If you missed this week's playoff games, we had a couple really fun ones. The one on Saturday was second place versus third place. That's C9 versus 100 Thieves. Expectations were that C9 would win, but most people expected it to be a pretty close series. Well, guess what? It was not a close series, and it was not C9. 100 Thieves won 3-0 in three really convincing victories. The most surprising thing and the takeaway from this game is that 100 Thieves was really able to shut down and neutralize Summit. Summit had a horrible score. It, he was something like 0 and or maybe 1 and 16 in his first two games of that series. And without C9 being able to get him ahead, they were really kind of useless for the rest of the game. It's like they didn't know what to do when Summit wasn't solo killing the top lane. Really interesting stuff. I think it kind of cements what a good team 100 Thieves is. And if, as we'll see today... They really kind of dominated the year from a fantasy perspective. And so it's an, another look at how the, the stats and the fantasy can really kind of translate into real gameplay. I think as we look forward, Summit it was always so boom or bust that he wasn't the most consistent top laner. He's obviously still so mechanically gifted that you have to expect uh, he's going to write this ship and the team's going to write this ship. And so as we look forward into the next couple rounds of playoffs, when you're putting together maybe DFS lineups or, or prize picks, I just really am not fading C9, especially as they go against the, the teams in the lower bracket. For 100 Thieves, I've heard people calling them the favorites at this point. I think that's a little premature. I think that still goes to Team Liquid, but it's super exciting to see them performing like this. Closer has been awesome. Someday obviously has been awesome all year. FBI is just a rock. And Abadage, after a pretty tough start to the split, has really come around. So I think it's really cool to see 100 Thieves really gelling and trying to defend their title from the summer split. In our other series, uh, this one was Team Liquid versus Evil Geniuses. Pretty much everyone predicted a Team Liquid stomp. I predicted Team Liquid to win 3-1. The caster desk almost all predicted 3-0 for Team Liquid. And this turned into a really close series. I thought it would be close. I have faith in EG. I think Danny's really, really good. I think the team's good at playing around him. I'm not sold into JoJo like most of the rest of the most of the rest of the community is. But they did some really good stuff in that series. And unfortunately, 
you know, I, I'm not going to dig into this because people way smarter than me already have. But the the Nidalee-Renekton combo in Game 5 was really disappointing. It doesn't seem to do a lot unless you're able to absolutely stomp the early game. And if you've been paying attention to the LCK playoffs over in Korea, sometimes even if you do stomp the early game with them, it doesn't matter, you still lose. So I was disappointed with that. I was hoping for a better Game 5, especially a better Game 5 draft. But still, it's a really fun series. And as we look at the fantasy implications, I think it just cements EG as a top four team. And as you're drafting for the summer, I think you have to rank your players accordingly. And then Team Liquid, I don't think we really learned anything, except for that I still think they're the title favorites. I think that you really have to play well and consistently to beat them, and I'm just not sure anyone's going to be able to do that uh, here in NA. Really looking forward to the games this weekend. Uh, we'll have games Saturday and Sunday in the lower bracket. So check those out. We'll talk about them on our next episode. But we're going to go ahead and get right into our fantasy awards for the 2022 spring split. Our first award will be the performance of the year. We're going to look at what were the most iconic performances of the split and which performances really helped people win their weeks and win their leagues. We're going to start with a couple of honorable mentions. The number five performance of the year. Tacticals Jinx in Week 3 versus Immortals. If you guys remember this game, fantasy game, it was good, but not incredible. But it was really an iconic game for the split, I think. This was the game where Immortals went, got way ahead um, and TSM was running the, the Lulu top. Tactical this game got a really nice triple kill in the mid lane. And then out of nowhere from almost nine or eight or nine K gold behind. TSM wins the game. Tactical's Jinx in this game broke the all-time record for highest damage percentage in a game. So it was really an iconic game and a great performance for Tactical. This performance was part of what earned him the Fantasy Player of the Week for that week. Number 4. It's Pride Stalker Zed in the Week 2 Clown Fiesta against TSM. If you guys remember this game, he was 11-2-6. Had a couple of really huge kills to keep them in the game. There was one right by the Elder Dragon where he picks off Jinx after they've already lost the fight. And because of that, TSM's not able to end without their Jinx. Then later on, TSM is in the base. And once again, it's Pride Stalker able to pick off uh, pick off Tactical on the Jinx so that they can't end and able to extend that game. I think it was, although it was one of the, one of the best fantasy games of the year, it wasn't really top five. But it was an iconic game. And uh, it was close to my heart because I nailed the pick and ban that week for a huge score. Number three, it's Abadage's Ari in week eight versus TSM. In this game, he went 14-1-5 for a score of almost 58. And it was on championship week, helping teams win their championships. It was the highest kill total of the split. He was everywhere. Even the one death he had, it was as he flashed forward. To secure a triple kill. And then as the team collapsed on him. His team was able to pick off the rest of them. So just an outstanding performance. In the highest kill total. That gets him the number 3 performance on the year. Number 2. It's Power of Evil's Orianna in week 4 versus CLG. His scoreline this this game was 9-2-16. For a total of 69.76. Which was the highest score in any game this split. The craziest part about this performance is that you probably didn't even start Power of Evil because he'd been pretty bad the couple of weeks before. But he nailed it this game and had just an outstanding game. 
the number one performance of the split, the winner of the Performance of the Year Award, is FBI in Championship Week versus C9. He had an outstanding scoreline this game of 12-0-11, the only game this split with double-digit kills and assists. That gave him a score of 64.32 against C9 on Championship Week. A really crazy and unlikely pop-off that absolutely won people fantasy championships. That type of performance that wins championships is how you earn the performance of the year. Congratulations to FBI. The second award we'll hand out is the Fantasy LVP, the least valuable player, the player you drafted that tanked your team. Honorable mention, Power of Evil. Kind of crazy to mention him after we said that he had the highest score of the split, but he really wasn't that good overall. His ADP was 8, number 8, so a first round pick. He was the third mid off the board, and he finished 8th. Now, I'm not sure how much of this is on him. His team hard disappointed. Obviously, they got last place for the split. Had that horrible losing streak in the second round robin. But really, just a player you were hoping to be able to count on on your teams, and you really couldn't. Another honorable mention is Tactical. Again, we keep mentioning people who had you know, really good performances here and there. But Tactical's ADP was 11. He was the fourth AD off the board, and he finished eighth. He was someone that, if you didn't get one of the top three ADs, then you're really hoping that Tactical would come through for you, and he really just didn't. He was not really startable. He had some great games, but they were really hard to predict, and so it really wasn't valuable for you. But the winner for the Fantasy LVP, what may be a somewhat controversial take, is Jojo Pion out of Evil Geniuses. Jojo finished with an ADP of 14, which was the fourth mid off the board. And to be honest with you, he finished fourth but he was only one point per game out of eighth place. So really, there was not a big difference between picking JoJo and picking Power of Evil. The difference with him is, unlike the other players we've mentioned, Power of Evil and Tactical, you always started him. You started him every game. You couldn't drop him. You could never cut bait, but you were never really rewarded with a good performance. And if you look at the DFS scoring, the DFS scoring is a little interesting because it doesn't take into account team bonuses. And so you're not rewarded for your team winning. It's all about what your stats were. Based on that, he drops all the way to 8th, ahead of only Palafox and Kaiduo or Takeover, the combination of the two. And so from a purely statistical standpoint, he was not good. His KDA was 8th among mids. His kills only one ahead of 7th. The thing with him is he had so much hype, and these stats just didn't back it up. The fantasy performances did not back it up. And for that reason, Jojo Pion is your fantasy LVP. The last award we'll hand out today is the fantasy MVP. This is what the players dream of. It's what they go to bed at night hoping to win. It's what 13-year-old kids are dreaming of getting this award. And here it is. For honorable mention, Fudge. Fudge did way better than expected this year where he was roll swapping to mid. His ADP was 17. He went number 26 in my league, and yet he finished third, which was only one and a half points behind Bjergsen. The craziest part is the top three mids were far and away better than the rest of the league. One and two was Bjergsen and Abadage. Their ADP was one and three. And so if you were able to snag Fudge, you were able to have a really well-rounded lineup. 
I'm sure that Fudge ended up in a lot of championship teams because of that. Another honorable mention was FBI out of 100 Thieves. FBI was the top scoring player on the whole spring split. That was somewhat expected. You'd expected FBI to be good. His ADP was 5. He finished first. So it was pretty good value if you were able to get him in your first round. But because it was expected and because his point total was not that much higher than Han Sama's, that's why he only ends up honorable mention. But the winner of the LFL pod fantasy MVP was Someday out of 100 Thieves. And I know what you're thinking, Someday wasn't even the best top laner, but if you look at fantasy-wise, he was, and it was not close. Someday had the biggest gap in the league between first place and second place in his position. He averaged 29.8 points, second place was Summit at 27.5. That's a 2.3 points per game difference between first and second. No other position had that big of a gap. And on top of all of it, his average draft position was 22. 22! He was the fourth top laner off the board, and he finished first by a mile. He was really consistent. Even when his team was doing poorly, he never had poor performances. They had games they lost where he'd finish 4-1-8. Probably because he was on Trindamir a lot. He didn't really get put on tank duty until the end of the split. But man, was he good all year. I'm sure he carried some of you to your fantasy championships. And that's why he's the fantasy MVP. Next we're going to name our LFL pod first team all fantasy LCS. In the top lane, we already talked about him. It's someday. I'm not going to go back over this. In the jungle, closer out of 100 thieves. Looking at the rankings, it had to be one of either closer, blabber, or Santorin. All three were pretty close in ADP, 4 versus 9 versus 10, uh, but Closer was 1.5 points per game better. And I think he had the more consistent performances as opposed to Blabber or Santorin. You're really able to rely on week to week. That's how he gets first team. In the mid lane, it's Fudge. Fudge is the only one on here that gets first team without leading his position in scoring. But the reason he makes it here is because of the value. We talked about it earlier, but his ADP was 17. But he was really not that far behind both Bjergsen and Abadage, whose ADPs were 1 and 3. Which means they had great value here. Fudge earns first team. In the bot lane, it's FBI. He's the highest scoring player of the year. An early draft pick, but one that really worked out well for you. He finished just a fraction of a point ahead of Hansama. He was drafted just behind Hansama. He gets first team. In the support role, there were really only two candidates for this. It was either Huhi or CoreJJ. But since CoreJJ missed half the split, it's Huhi. Those two are way out in front of the rest of the league. It really wasn't close. And if you took his average weekly point total, it would have been the number four scoring top, the number four scoring mid, the number four scoring jungle, the number five scoring bot laner. And so I think the takeaway from this is you don't need to wait to draft your support if you're able to get one of the top ones. They can still score really well. And thank you for listening to this Splits Fantasy LCS Award Show. Next, we are going to take a quick peek at our final player rankings. See who finished where and what takeaways can we have from it. We're going to start in the top lane. The number three top laner this year, it was Bwipo at 27 points per game. Number two was Summit at 27.5 points per game. 
and number one was someday at almost 30 points per game. There was a huge drop-off after Bwipo to get to Impact, who was fourth at only 22 points a game, so a full five points per game between third and fourth. If you didn't have one of the top three top laners this year, you were pretty sad. I think one of the interesting things is the, the conversation between Someday and Summit. Summit obviously probably going to be the MVP of the spring split. But from a fantasy perspective, I think his boom and bust style, he dies a lot more. He's not able to play with his team. And also, I think C9 games just tended to end more quickly than 100 Thieves. That's how Someday ended up at the top. Blippo was always also right there, as you would expect from the first place team. And then as you look at the rest of the top laners, one that really stands out to me is Huni for TSM. He actually finished fifth on a points per game basis. If you took for his DFS scoring, which like we talked about, doesn't include team bonuses, he actually moves up to fourth. So TSM, despite the team being, you know, really performing pretty poorly, had a really great split from a fantasy perspective. You were able to start him, especially towards the end of the split when they put him on his comfort picks. Obviously did really well in that rumble. So I thought that was really interesting and maybe someone you'll be able to target, get it a value for next split. In the jungle, the number three jungler, Blabber, out of C9, 30 and a half points per game. Santorin for TL was second at 31 points per game. And then Closer for 100 Thieves was first at 32 and a half points per game. So about a point and a half per game ahead of Santorin. I think this is what you would expect just from watching this year uh, to have those top three. Blabber was in first, I think, until the last week when he kind of struggled and Closer had a really nice week. There's again a pretty big drop off between third and fourth. Uh, the next tier there was Inspired and Pride Stalker, both around 26 points per game. And Pride Stalker is interesting because he his scoring was a lot higher than really any other position. And so we talked about it most of the year, but when Golden Guardians does well, it's through the back of Pride Stalker. I think he's another player you'll be able to get at a bit of a discount next split. The bottom two players in almost every role were CLG and Immortals. No different here. Four points between them in eighth place. Looking at the mid lane, the top three, it's going to sound familiar. At third, it was Fudge at 30 points per game. First was Abadage at 31. And first was Bjergsen at 32. Bjergsen had a really nice year, kind of under the radar. I don't think people were really talking about him most of the year. Just really consistent, but had a re- couple really nice games. I uh, had a couple huge scores on the on the Victor that week where he was the top scoring player both games. And so really nice split for Bjergsen. Kind of just solidifies what we already knew, that he's one of the best players in the history of, the, of NA. The second tier behind the top three consists of literally the next five players, being Jojo, Blue, Takui, Ablaze Olive, and Power of Evil. All of them were within one point per game, so really not a huge difference between them. And then the bottom two, TSM and CLG. In the 80 carry position, uh, at number three was Danny at 30 points per game. Number two, Hansama at 33 and a half. And first was 100 Thieves, FBI at 35 per game. FBI had a really nice split, especially towards the end. As they got on their hot streak, he just had some really nice scores. Hansama, obviously, you know, like most of Team Liquid, just really consistent. I think some of the takeaways here, Berserker ends at fourth, uh, a full point per game behind Danny. 
uh, kind of in a tier of his own here below the top three, but above number five. I think his fantasy performance is notably worse than what the perception of his skill is. I think that he's just not, you know, C9 doesn't play through the bot lane and they kind of rely on him to just scale and then fight later. And that's just not a very good fantasy strategy for high scoring bot laners. I think he's someone that you need to kind of fade compared to what the consensus will be next split. The bottom ADC this year was Immortals, Wild Turtle, or Arrow. Uh, by far, there was a two and a half point gap between them and Loser, who was second but second from the bottom. And so just a really rough split for Immortals. I think people would be surprised to see Loser this low too. He had a couple really nice games. And I know people really like him. I've seen him, I've seen him ranked as high as fourth in uh, in eighty carry rankings, but his stats obviously CLG struggled, but his stats really were not there this split. And then looking at the support role, uh, the top two were head and shoulders ahead of everyone else. That's Core JJ and Huhi, both at twenty seven per game. Third was Winsome for C nine at twenty four per game, and then fourth is all the way down to Biofrost at twenty one per game. So Biofrost had a nice split, a couple of really nice scores. He finishes way higher than uh, what you would probably expect and what any of his teammates ranked within their position. Afromove finishes third from the bottom, despite the really strong start to the split. Him and the rest of FlyQuest all really struggled at the end, especially from a fantasy perspective. They all finished, you know, fifth or sixth at their position. But when you consider that they were first after four weeks... That means the last four weeks were really poor. I think it's really fun to look back at this and see how your perceptions of how players did matches up with the stats. I think there are a couple places where the discrepancies are pretty big. I think you can use those to draft really well to win your summer split. For those of you who can't get enough of the fantasy LCS type gameplay, uh, I really like prize picks. It's a way you're able to bet on over and under for kills. For those of you who are interested you can check me out on Twitter. It's at LFLPod. Uh, for each of these playoff weeks, I'll be giving my favorite props there, and hopefully we can all win some money. That's all for this episode. Uh, if you enjoy it, go ahead and subscribe so you can catch our episodes every week. We're going to release every other week for the foreseeable future, at least until we get a lot closer to the summer split. I really appreciate all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed kind of reminiscing on what was a really fun spring split. Hope you guys enjoy the playoffs this weekend and beyond. I'm really jealous of those of you that get to go to the spring finals. I went to the summer split finals uh, when they were in Detroit in 2019. I think it was actually the last live event that Riot has hosted, at least in North America, since the pandemic and, and until this upcoming spring split. So it's a ton of fun. If you have the chance to go, I really recommend it. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. This is Piston's Wish signing off. Peace out.